Hi, this is Andrew. This is Tracy. And today on Generally Speaking, we'll be speaking with Dr. Lalland, our neurologist here at our very own neurology clinic at Opelousas General Health System. And um, also just wanted to give you guys a quick update about some of the other things going on. Um, we have Nana's time coming up and if you haven't heard about it this is a really cool program and it's conversation for moms and grandmothers to be about how infant care has changed over the years and we do this six times a year it's at our main campus it's going to be on May 16th at 6 p.m. in Auditorium A it's led by a fellow grandmother and they talk about new t new tips a lot of the new products and things that are out there and how to enhance the bond between grandmother mom and new baby this is a really really good program for um, an expectant mom and her mom or mother-in-law to go to and do it together um, if you're interested in attending you can contact Lauren Davi at 594-3804 and she will be happy to get you registered and um, just again I wanted to just remind you guys about our email so if you have a good um, idea about a topic you want us to talk about, if there's somebody that um, you'd like to hear from, if you have a question, if you want more information about something that you've heard on the show, you can email us. The email is generally speaking at opelousasgeneral.com and we'll also have that email in the show notes for you. And we are really excited to have Dr. Lalin with us today. It's going to be a great interview. Looking forward to you guys hearing about it because this month is Stroke Awareness Month. And for those of you that do not know, May is World Stroke Month. Uh, many health and heart organizations come together every May to raise awareness about the causes and effects of strokes. Uh, one of the biggest campaigns is FAST, the teaching, teaching the world to know the symptoms of stroke and how to respond quickly to help save a life. And I think that's really great because it's something that's easy to teach and something that you can pass on not only to caregivers, but it's something that you can share real quick in your meetings with your coworkers. So just a side note, um, but coming up next, our interview with Dr. Lawlin. Opelousas General Health System is dedicated to the provision of quality health care. Our state-of-the-art surgical technology, as well as our highly trained and experienced surgical team, including board-certified general, vascular, and specialty surgeons, makes Opelousas General Health System an easy choice. Rest assured that you are in good hands. The comfort and safety of our patients are always our top priority. Trust our family to care for yours. Welcome back to Generally Speaking. With us is Dr. Lawlin. He is our uh, newest neurologist at the Neurology Clinic of Opelousas, uh, specializing in the treatment of dementia, epilepsy, headache, stroke, neck and back pain, multiple sclerosis, and other neurological conditions. Uh, the office is located at 1270 at Tacopod Drive, Suite 103 in Opelousas, Louisiana. Phone number 337-678-4152. Welcome and thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Andrew. So uh, from getting to, to know you and some conversations that I, I've had with you, whether it was briefly at the open house or in talking with Tracy and learning about you, um, one of your big passions is strokes and National Stroke Awareness Month. I wonder if you could kind of start the conversation there and uh, talk about why is uh, Stroke Awareness Month so important, just not, 
not only to folks who may have previously had strokes, but also to educate people who could potentially be with someone who might have a stroke and it's unexpected. So that's absolutely correct. Um, I think let's start off with why it's really important. Uh, per the American Stroke Guidelines or the American Stroke Association, um, stroke is the number five leading cause of death in the United States. And it's the leading cause of disability in the United States. Globally, it's even higher. Globally, the, the cause of death, I think it's second or third globally uh, in terms of the leading cause of death. So I think it's really important that we identify because 80% of the strokes are preventable. So that's why it's really important for us to identify strokes and then if we can treat whatever the condition is, what the cause is and stuff like that. So depending on that, uh, we can actually cut down either the disability or cut down the death rate. Um, and because we have so many treatment for the stroke uh, uh, conditions, that's, that's pretty much appropriate for us to identify it as soon as possible. And you said 80% of all strokes are preventable? That's correct, yes. Where, I mean, to me that, you know, I know that's staggering. So, I mean, how, I mean, how, how's the easiest way to prevent, I guess, a stroke from materializing? So when I say 80% of the stroke are preventable, uh, let's talk about what different types of strokes we have. So the biggest two types, there, there are more than two types, but the biggest one, the way we classify is, one is sort of like an uh, uh, hemorrhagic stroke or whether it's an ischemic stroke. Now, what is what are those fancy terms mean? So ischemic stroke is basically the artery getting blocked. So the artery supplying the brain um, uh, get blocked or there's not enough blood, blood flow to the brain tissue. And so the brain tissue dies or there's not enough oxygen or uh, essential nutrients going to the brain and then that tissue or the cell dies. So that's more like an ischemic stroke. Hemorrhagic stroke is when the arterial wall is weakened and uh, you kind of like rupture it because of the conditions. There are lots of conditions doing that. You rupture those vessels and then the blood flows out from the artery into the surrounding brain tissue. And then either the brain tissue does not get enough blood supply because of the blood being over there, or it just spreads around and causes uh, swelling and uh, compresses that part of the brain. And then you do not have enough uh, blood flow or oxygen and then that that part of the brain dies. So these are the two biggest causes that we have. Um, and then there are other causes as well for strokes. Um, so I think that's where it's important to identify what the reason for the stroke is. Once we identify that, and then we can figure out if we can prevent it in any way. Um, so if it's an ischemic stroke, there are all these causes, reasons that we have, if we can prevent that versus if it's an hemorrhagic stroke, if we can prevent those preventable conditions. So that's why the, the rate of prevention is so high at 80% that that many strokes can be prevented. And also strokes are non-discriminate. Like anyone from in any age could really end up being subject to having a stroke. Absolutely, yeah. So as I've, I've had cases where I've had uh, children have strokes uh, yeah. as as low as uh, I think the lowest I had was six year old, and wow. of course I have had adults or elderly population ninety five ninety six uh, have strokes as well. So it, it's just that variable, um, and so that's why it's so important to figure out. Uh, it's just not the part where a patient has a stroke, but what can be done to prevent another one in that mm -hmm. patient, or if we could minimize the disability from that stroke. Uh, just with all the treatment modalities that we have, 
even before you have a stroke or even after you have a stroke. Uh, so that's really important, yeah. So just talking about that, at what point does, so someone's listening to this and they're wondering, so when do I, when would they go and see you? Um, when, what high risk factors or what symptoms or what, what things um, somebody's trying to figure out, you know, maybe this is something else or um, they have a question about what they're feeling or things that are going on, when would be the right time for them to come and see you? So uh, that's a really good question, Tracy. Um, so let's talk about um, why um, it's important to identify strokes early. Um, so I talked about, initially I talked about the ischemic stroke and the hemorrhagic stroke. Now with ischemic stroke where there's not enough blood going to the, the tissue of the brain, uh, the part of the brain, um, because of some blockages or occlusion mm -hmm. of the vessel. So we have a drug which we give to patients who have, say if they have a stroke at uh, 12 a.m. Mm -hmm. and uh, they come up with the symptom. So there's a drug we can give to those patients within three and a half to four and a half hours, depending on what the, the, the indications or the contraindications are. Um, depending on that, we can give that drug. It's a potent blood thinner. Mm -hmm. um, so it kills the clots, it busts the clots, and that way we can restore the blood supply to that part of the brain. And then a lot of the stroke symptoms go back. So the patient right. comes back to normal. Yeah. Um, so that drug is, and that's why the timing is extremely important. And that's what we stress on. I mean, I have been in the field of neurology for about 10 years now. And in the last 10 years, I still get the same answer over and over again. Doc, I thought I was weak on this side, and I thought I'd just sleep over, and it'll go away the next day. And it doesn't go, because right. that's not how stroke works. Right. Um, so what's important is, is identifying that you have an issue, mm -hmm. and then uh, if we can get you in the hospital or in the ER or in the clinic setting at the appropriate time, mm -hmm. uh, and if, we can, if you qualify for that drug, that drug is going to just destroy any kind of blockages in that vessel, restore the blood supply to the brain, and then you can uh, have all those symptoms go away. Right. So, so, that's then, what so then at that point, that's when you really get into how do we prevent this from happening again and understanding why it happened in the first place. Right. So when that happens, so uh, the drug we give, um, if, if you come in within a certain time period and you qualify for that drug, if you get that drug, um, a lot of times the patient's symptoms go away. Uh, but after that is when the real work starts as to why right. you had the stroke. What is the reason for you having a stroke? Mm -hmm. um, what can we do to prevent you from not having any more strokes? How, even if you do have a stroke in the future, how do we assure that uh, it's gonna be a small stroke and not a big stroke where you're gonna be disabled from it? Right. So those are all the important factors. Yeah. And it varies a lot with age. Um, young people have different causes of stroke. Mm -hmm. um, somebody who's 60 year old will have different cause of strokes versus somebody who has 90 is 90 years old is going to yeah. have different cause of stroke. So the, identifying the cause of the stroke is extremely important. And along that, that those same lines, with there are other neurological conditions that can mimic a stroke, like. For, like, for example, multiple sclerosis, when it manifests itself just from doing some reading, like you can lose use of a limb. And, and again, where people ignore it and saying like, oh, I just slept wrong. So could you maybe talk for a, a moment or two just about 
the different types of ways that maybe other, like what are some of the when you when you see someone and they say I think I've had a stroke what are some of the other diagnoses that you have come back with that have been not a stroke to kind of so for people maybe to learn a little about that right so uh, we call it as differential diagnosis in in medicine per se um, if you have any condition you could have uh, one cause which is causing you to have that symptoms, but there are many other causes which can have, make you to have those uh, uh, symptoms. And so we call it as differential diagnosis. We are not coming to a diagnosis yet. Um, and so stroke, like any other condition, um, any other medical condition has differential diagnosis. And you bring up an extremely important point. Somebody who's young, uh, a 30-year-old female or a 40-year-old male, having symptoms which look like a stroke, maybe multiple sclerosis. It's not stroke it's different uh, and it's dip, it's extremely important to differentiate because the treatment management management differs a lot for somebody having a stroke versus somebody having a multiple sclerosis now i'm epilepsy board certified so i see in my training days i've seen a lot of epilepsy patients and even uh, those patients when they have seizures after the seizures they have symptoms which may make a stroke and we we give those conditions a term so it looks like a stroke uh, but it's not really a stroke, it's something else, and it's secondary to the epilepsy. Um, so there are all these conditions that um, we need to figure out if this is the reason that the patient had the symptoms. Stroke is, is, is a very broad term that we use. It's, it's basically, uh, in the real sense, it's basically a part of your brain which is not functioning appropriate, and then that part controlling the body part, which is going to make it move, or it's going to... Um, uh, make you see things or talk or uh, swallow stuff and stuff like that. So uh, it's it's so broad that we have to figure out what really the cause is, whether the part of the, the brain which is damaged is because of a stroke or because of multiple sclerosis or because of ALS or because of seizures, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So that's why it's important to first get the right diagnosis. And once you have the right diagnosis, then treat the condition accordingly. And absolutely not to wait. <clears throat> uh, that's the number one thing. And I think... Um, over the years, I've seen a lot of um, work done by um, the American Stroke Association in making people aware. Um, it's just not American Stroke Association, even even hospitals all around the country. Um, I trained a lot in New Orleans, so we had a lot of awareness programs over there as to why time is the number one essential thing. Because if you if you have the symptoms and you can come into the ER or the hospital within a speculated time, then we can start you on that drug and mm-hmm. you know hopefully dissolve that clot and get all the symptoms go away. So it's extremely important. Um, and just, you were given an example um, just now and I was thinking, I have a friend that has MS, um, was having symptoms, just exa- almost exactly what you just said and was thinking, but young, you know, was in her early 30s when this happened and um, it was MS. and just was not anything that was expected or even on the radar, but it was just because of those symptoms. Now, this was, you know, 15, 16 years ago, and she really hasn't presented with anything major since then. So is with MS specifically, do the, do is it just dependent on the person as far as the severity of, of their illness or how far it's progressed? Because it's, I, I know several people that have MS, and it's all it's across the board, you know, and it has nothing to do with gender or 
age from what I've seen, but you know, what are some of the factors or what are some of the things that would um, have somebody kind of say, you know, something's going on. And with her, it started out with her vision. Um, so she um, actually went to the eye doctor first and he sent her straight to the emergency room. Um, but, you know, what are some of the things that are indicative of someone that could possibly have MS? So that's uh, uh, a very loaded question, Tracy. Yeah, I know, uh, I know, I know. A lot of I'm things being going on with MS, but it's important because somebody is young and MS and stroke both have the same symptoms. You could lose movement of a part of your limb, whether it's your leg or your arm, or you could lose vision, um, or you could um, feel a funny sensation in your arm or your leg. Mm -hmm. um, so it can happen with both stroke and MS. Uh, but MS is generally a disease of the young. Um, so generally what we tell our patients is um, it's anywhere from your teens to 55, 60. That's okay. when MS is more active. MS doesn't is not active beyond that age, generally not active. Um, so in, in terms of MS, I think what happened 20 years back was we we did not have as many treatment options. There were only probably three drugs and steroids. Those was the, that was the only thing we had for MS. And MS is more of an autoimmune condition, whereas mm -hmm. a stroke is secondary to something. Right. So what I mean by that is, in MS, your, your immune system itself attacks your own uh, cells, and that's where you have the symptoms coming from. Versus stroke, it's about... Um, not your immune system, but it's some. It's a primary factor which is uh, causing the vessels to be disrupted, and that's why you are having the symptoms. And that's why stroke is so much more preventable compared to MS because right. MS is more of your autoimmune part. Um, what has changed recently with the MS world is we have got a barrage of new medications which have come up. Um, in fact, this year there are going to be three more medications which are going to be approved by the FDA. Uh, the medications have dramatic, and I've seen the transition over the last 10 years with MS mm -hmm. in terms of the medication, the side effects, the, the potency of the medications, the effects, um, how it suppresses the disease level in all these patients. So luckily today for us, um, of course, there's always a room for improvement mm -hmm. with anything. We right. Have. Uh, but the medications that we have, they are, um, some of these medications are so potent and some of um, uh, my patients who have aggressive MS, because of these new medications, the, the process, the disease process is completely shut down in these patients. And so um, we joke about it when I was in my training days, um, uh, my attending and, and uh, he was a very well-known uh, uh, professor in the entire neurology world. He would joke that when I was uh, a young attending, um, and he's an older guy, when I was a young attending, when I would walk to the clinic, especially an MS clinic, everybody would be in wheelchairs. Um, that's how MS clinics were. Everyone was wheelchair bound. But today, when and during my training, uh, when I was doing the MS clinic, there were hardly any wheelchairs. There was probably, on every day, there would be probably one or two wheelchairs, which actually came down with each passing year. And the reason for that is we today we are so successful mm -hmm. in shutting down the disease process with MS patients and stopping their disease progression. And so thereby, thereby giving them a quality of life and then of course not letting them deteriorate. 
Uh, we also have a MS, uh, I think it's a, it's a cycling tour or something uh, in Austin, which is coming up next month, mm-hmm. um, which is also creating a lot more awareness in MS patients that what we have and what options we have. And when you have a flare up, not to take it lightly and, you know, just right. go to your, your neurologist <coughs> or your primary care and advise them. And because if there's something, then we can definitely give you medications and get those symptoms away. That's very hopeful. May is uh, National Stroke Awareness Month. And would you mind for for folks, we had kind of touched on this at the top of the podcast, but for everyone who's listening, what can you kind of take us through the folk, things that individuals should be aware from if they're with someone and they think that they might having they might be having a stroke? Like what are the things they should be looking for? So that's a that's a really really important question, um, and it's extremely important that what we talked about was the time <clears throat> part. As soon as you have any symptom, it's the time which is the number one factor, uh, because with time, even if you are in that window of getting the drug, the more amount of time you spend not getting that drug, you are damaging your brain cells. So the number one factor is time, time, mm-hmm. time. Um, so I think the, the symptoms that, um, one should be aware of, um, especially is, um, any kind of weakness anywhere, whether it's even as small as not moving your fingers or you're not able to grip things or, um, you're dropping things, uh, it's as small as that, or you feel something funny in your arm or in your fingers or, or something funny in your legs or your toes or you're tripping, you're falling, um, you're not able to move your feet the way you would. Um, any funny thing with your speech, or you're not able to get words out, uh, or you're not able to see things. Um, so these are, in a sense, some of the things that one should be aware of. So recognizing if there's, any not, if there's something which is not right with you. Um, and that's when you, you either call 911 or if you have somebody around you, let them know what's going on with you so that they can take you um, to the appropriate centers and get you the appropriate medical care. Um, so yeah, I think the, the biggest thing that we get with strokes patients um, is weakness and um, uh, speech issues. Those are the biggest two things that always we mm-hmm. come up with, um, especially somebody who's in that window. Um, but you can always have some tingling sensation or your arm not feeling right, funny, your, the vision not going in one of your eyes is not right, or you have a blurry vision, or you have um, some, your speech is not right, you're just struggling to get words out. Um, so these are small, some of the symptoms that you recognize, and once you recognize, you get that appropriate care. Well, Thank you for being with us today. This was, we, we've talked about a lot of things, and this was really, really interesting. I enjoyed uh, I know I enjoyed talking to you, and it's always interesting when we have our physicians on. You always learn so much. Yeah, so. it's really valuable information. I'm so, really glad to have you here. Absolutely. We're in, Thank we're, you so much for having me. You're welcome. And just to remind everybody that uh, Dr. Lawland, his office is at 1270 at Takapaw Drive, Suite 103. Opelousas, Louisiana, 70507. Phone number is 337-678-4152. And thank you again for being with us today. Thank you.